Create, connect, communicate. Create, connect, communicate. Magical, enigmatical, gift of gab, super, natural, story, from the space Come, well lit. Yeah, I think that, that. that's a sweet spot okay. for people's attention. Yeah, well, it depends. <laughs> right, TikTok, true. TikTok, it's like, you know, 10 seconds, so. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, are you ready, ma'am? I am ready, King. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Yeah. Here we go. So, good afternoon, global healers and spiritually minded lovers of a balanced earth. Welcome back to another episode of Firelight Chats, where we bring you the most compelling voices and super natural stories from our space lab studios here in Da'an, Taipei, Taiwan. Today's special guest is a self-described entrepreneur, consultant, life coach, philanthropist, yoga instructor, hypnotherapist, spiritual and life strategist, Reiki master, and author of a newly published Chinese language book, Wo Hoja Woda Renshengma, translated as Am I Living My Life? Or as the English subtitle says, The Meaning of the Time Between Life and Death. So, without further ado, let us delve into the meaning of the time between life and death. Or at least this opening to the very final words, the denouement of this podcast with the lady herself. CC, aka Miss Christine Chen. Welcome and thank you for joining Mocha and me on another hot episode of Firelight Chats. Hey yo. Hey yo. <laughs> Gosh, that's a long, long title, list of titles. I know. You have so many things going on in your life, ma'am. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering where we should start because, you know, I I got those things from your bio and I think each of those makes for like a amazing story. <laughs> your life story makes for an interesting story. Your book has so many stories attached to it, right? There's four famous people that you kind of interviewed in the book as well. So there's amazing stories there. So there's so many things for us to talk about. Uh, I'm not sure where to start, but maybe we can start with, you know, just kind of your background, who you are, if you can kind of introduce yourself to the audience. Okay. Uh, well, hi, everyone. I started humbly uh, here in Taiwan, um, moved to Vancouver when I was about 15, 16. Um, and started an ordinary life there, finished university there. The story gets interesting when I uh, started to think, how can I make money passively? That's where I started to do real estate around age 25 to 35-ish. So in the book, which is just recently published, mm. is a sort of a crystallization of who I have slowly progressed into since 2016, 17, about you know, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, so I had a life-turning decision-making point at the time. Um, so I stopped doing real estate 
and got into the spiritual part of life.、Mm. So that's where the long, long titles <laughs> came in: <laughs> the Reiki, the Yoga, and all. And here I am.、Um, what I do right now is mostly try to help more people. So I have this life mission called Touch Ten Million Souls, Human and Animals. So that's my next ten, twenty, thirty years of mission. Mm. As a human being, how's that? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah, hopefully we can touch those ten million souls or a couple of them at least here、uh, on this <laughs> podcast as well. And yeah, I think since that's kind of your future-looking goal and plans, maybe we can get to that towards the end. Cool. We'll circle back around to that. So. Can we go back to? I think that was a kind of turning point. You mentioned that you grew up here in Taiwan, but you were able to at 15. I also read on your bio to travel abroad to study abroad. So, how did that come about? How did that happen at 15 years old? Was that your choice? Was that your parents' choice? I volunteered, sort of. My father started humbly as well. Like he grew up in poor. <laughs> I don't want to say poor neighborhoods, but I think most of the Taiwanese families, I would say ninety-five percent, started humbly at our age. So our parents basically created everything by themselves. Yeah.、Uh, my father did as well. So I always feel lucky and privileged. To have the opportunity when I was about fourteen, fifteen,、uh, all of a sudden they asked, "We have this chance to move to Canada, and do you want to go?" And at the time, it was a no-brainer because I'm the second child of、mm. the three. So as you know, like it's hard to get attention, and you just always have to prove to them to be loved, right? So at the time was a no-brainer. People say I was courageous. I didn't feel so. Which is like, sure, I want to go.、Mm. Right? So your whole family went, actually? No,、oh, actually,、okay. no. It was just me. Yeah, my younger brother is seven years younger than me. So he,、uh, my parents felt that it was important to learn Chinese. It's hard to learn. Yeah, so it's hard to learn. So.、Um, Uh, my mother had to stay, and of、mm. course, my dad needed to stay. You were saying, you know, Chinese is hard to learn, but why did they leave your brother and sister at home, but then allow you to, you yeah, know, go to Canada and obviously learn English as well?、So. Right. So the reason behind that my brother stayed is to learn Chinese, so to be more,、um, I don't know, better, just to learn the language deeper、mm. before he had to go. Otherwise, he would just speak English. The younger you move, the, the more adaptive. So you you adapt to the environment. You would forget about Chinese. So my Brother was too young at the time. I like see. Maybe grade two, grade three, too young. I understand. I、yeah. see. So you had already gotten your Chinese in. Yeah, yeah,、so、yeah. The basics. Okay. Enough to publish a book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's basic yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah.、Okay. It's an advantage because I write it in the simple terms, right? And people right. like simple and plain language nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I、exactly. didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so at. Fourteen or fifteen, you you moved to Vancouver. What was that feeling like? Was there any kind of culture shock and some shock in general? Because you said you went alone. Yeah, sure, of course. Like it's you have to learn how to swear,、mm, right? That's、and、very important. And you have to learn, <laughs> yeah, the you know, the lingos, like the slangs, right? I remember when I started learning English, I couldn't differentiate ship. Or shit, right? They all sounded very close, like bitch and beach. Yeah, I know. Well, that's easier. Okay, but because the T and the P ends in the end, right?、It's、right. Shit, shit, right? It's、yeah. harder at the time for me. So I remember when I was in ESL class, 
the teacher said, "Okay, talk about a movie you recently saw." And at the time, it was Titanic. So I was standing in front of all classmates, and I said, "Titanic is an unsinkable shit." <laughs> and the teacher just like、uh, she couldn't、Freaked、hold、out. it, and nobody because. Everybody was ESL. Nobody,、right. nobody laughed.、Uh, no、it was just it, it was just a teacher. <laughs> yeah. So I went home. I told my my tutor, and she's like, she couldn't hold it either. She's like, oh my god, that's the funniest joke. That's hilarious.、Yeah. That's your welcome to Canada. Yeah, yeah to Canada is、yeah. the unsinkable shit. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Titanic. So yeah, some some shock, but I think I have a very、um, adaptive personality.、Mm. I'm very optimistic. I don't really pay attention to like little things and dwell into it too much.、Mm. I think that's part of the advantage. Um, having to move to a totally different environment alone. Did you have any family or friends? I mean, why did they choose Vancouver out of all the places in the world? Right.、Um, I think it's just a wave of immigrants. They have a choice of Australia, the U.S., or Canada.、Mm. Basically, I think I know he has friends. He、okay. has friends there, not me. He、so、has his like, buddies. Watch over her. That's right. Yeah, the, the trio. Yeah,、right. he has like really two close uncles, like uncle friends. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The trio is in Vancouver. The Godfather Mafia was. Oh, that's right. Watching, <laughs> making sure. He- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think he chose. Canada. He chose Vancouver on purpose. Okay. Yeah. I see. But at that time, you didn't really know that they were in yeah, the background. Yeah, it was like far. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you enter? You entered in like、uh, what grade? I was turning from grade nine to grade ten. Okay. So, so I yeah, grade ten was the first year in Canada. Sophomore year of high school, basically. That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so what are your best memories from that time at this high school? What kind of high school did you go to? Uh, just you know, local public school. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any good memories from that high school time? Yeah, yeah, I had a blast. Uh, one th- lucky thing is my dad trusted me with my driving. So、mm. as soon as I turned sixteen, I had my own car. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm the popular kid. Yeah. 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 True. I, I drive really well too. Okay. I can like parallel parking first time. Oh. Yeah.、Damn. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm really good at driving. So. You know, it's a good、I、way a to good make、time. friends. You have yeah, a car、yeah. immediately. That's right, and I play basketball. I was in choir, just because I learned how to play piano when I was little, and、um, you know we try to elect courses. That's easy for you, right? right? So when when I had election, I just chose Mandarin. Oh, nice. <laughs> Mandarin and、Easy、choir, and right? <laughs> and just sing. That's right. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So, when did real estate come into this? Was this after high school, or did you go to college and then do that, or when did real estate come into the picture? Yeah, it was、um, when I was still in university. Okay. I started to realize that I'm approaching graduation soon, and that's the independence. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're on your own now. That, that's right.、Yeah. So I think that's the awareness of having to make money for my life.、Mm. But then I was in how do we call it at the co-op program in university. Okay. So I my university time extended from four years to six years. I was also minoring business at the time. So I was in the middle of school, and I knew I didn't want to go to office and work,、mm-hmm. which is like boring and sucked. Then my friend. Gave me a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, yeah. Kiyosaki. Yeah, the Bible. 
home、mm-hmm. of passive income. Exactly, that's right. Yeah, so I tried the strategies in it. Like I bought stock. Like I didn't have much money. Like、mm. maybe. Two hundred, three hundred dollars, and just put it into the stock. Made money. I'm like, yay, fifteen bucks. Exactly. <laughs> right. Back in the day, a rich mom. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, no way, I could, you know, make a living out of investments. That there's no way. So I tried to、uh, build my own business, which、mm. was proven pretty hard. At the time,、yeah. you know, we had no experience. We're just like starting out. So, so then I try a few different things. Then real estate, it was one of the chapters, right? Like、mm. one of the ways. It just synced really well. So when it synced really well was after I tried multiple different ones, different strategies in the book. I had saved up maybe twenty k through my university life,、mm. you know, working in co-op program. Okay. Yeah, we get paid. Right. So I saved those up. I had some money, and so I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out." So I, I was like, you know, checking the classified ad locally. You know, like those ones that come in weekly, thrown yeah, at、like、you. At the end the of the newspaper. And, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember Google wasn't there yet. Right. People were using ICQ. Yeah, exactly.、Oh, Jesus. Back in those days, <laughs> ICQ. Can't believe I still remember、up. it. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry for the youngsters. The twenties,、exactly. the twenties don't know ICQ. Oh,、right? there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so there was no Google.、Um, so yeah, I looked up the ad, checked the classified, and、mm. saw one duplex. I was in the middle of nowhere. I didn't even know the city. I just know it was in Canada, and I knew there was like some long distance because the number doesn't start with my local number. Right. Yeah, and I didn't want to like. I remember pausing, looking at the. Number to call. I'm like, that's twenty five cents. All right. <laughs> Jesus, it's long distance. It's so expensive. Yeah. How am I gonna make my money back on this? I know. I know. Yeah. Better not dial it wrong.、Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so that was the experience. That's、huh. when the real estate came in. Really?、Mm-hmm. You literally just cold called a classified yeah, ad. I did. No way! Did. That's、I、amazing.、Did. Yeah. After being influenced by Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, the Kiyosaki. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So this was at the end of your college time, and your college was in Canada. Was、yes. it in Vancouver yeah, as well? Yeah, Vancouver. Okay. Yeah, the University of Billions of Chinese. Yeah, UBC. UBC. Yeah. yeah, I love that campus. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, you've been there? Yeah, of course. Cool, it's cool. very natural. I mean, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Of, <laughs> there's a lot of nature, and it's beautiful. It's really it amazing. Yeah. Okay, I see. So, towards the end of your college, you were looking to make some money to get some passive income, and then you cold called this place. So, what happened with this deal? Did that deal work out for you, or was that just kind of your first taste? Right. I didn't realize that、um, any process, like you know, any process of you know purchasing a house.、Mm. So basically, I called the number, and the number had somebody answered. And like a real person. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not. Like, oh my god. Yeah, it's, a, it's a real number. Right. And she sent me an Excel sheet with like I remember maybe twenty houses to、oh. choose from. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I look at those houses. They'll look like house. Like I, I had no reference. I don't know which one to pick. Right. So I remember looking at them. I'm like,、mm, okay,、um, I'll just pick one. <laughs> Hold on. So, is, is she? Is this a what kind of number did you call? Is this a broker or? She's just a middleman. Like,、um, so later I found out. Okay. Later, only later, she is just 
placing the ad for her friend in Winnipeg. So the the city is called Winnipeg. Right. Yeah. Right. So and the seller lives in Winnipeg. And that seller owned uh, multiple Excel houses, sheet. Excel sheet of houses. Right. He was getting a divorce, so they have to liquidate. That was the story, but Ooh, I didn't know. Okay, okay. I just know like she sent me like you know all these houses are available. Just pick one. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And then that's the backstory. It's yeah. A divorce liquidation <laughs> sale. <laughs> that's right. That's you know by book. You, it's a good opportunity. Exactly. <laughs> Picking up after broken families. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. Oh, it's already okay. broken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, what was that process like when you look at this Excel sheet? What did you do? What happened next? Yeah, um, I remember pick one that has a slanted roof. It's not flat roof because our flat roof leaks. So I picked really like a slanted roof. Yeah, slanted roof. <laughs> so that's I, awesome okay yeah so that was like criteria one okay and i really don't know why i picked the one i picked yeah so these I, are all single family homes yeah they're not like yeah yeah okay. yeah they all look like a house homes, right. house yeah okay so i picked i no, actually i remember i picked a couple okay i don't know why i picked two but basically she's like okay just send me the money here so at the time i remember paypal started oh okay yeah there was no google but paypal was there right so she sent me this company's url and i i remember just needing to put in the email and then naively my bank information i put them all in and i just email her the money Wow, so I emailed sight her. unseen, without unseen, seeing these. Unseen, yeah. So I followed her instructions. This is amazing, okay. <laughs> I was like mid twenties, right? Right. Yeah, so I did that and I just, I'm like, oh, nice, easy, done. And then I just waited. Then weeks gone by, one day I'm like, after school, I'm like, mm, where is this process going, right? So <laughs> right. I think I emailed her, Hotmail. Hotmail, yep. hot yeah. And she, that dates it too. And she's like, oh, you haven't called banks or mortgage brokers? I'm like, okay. Yeah, what do I have to do? What is that? <laughs> so she's like, oh, you have to call a mortgage broker now. Like she sort of asked some very basic questions. She thought maybe I'm like a harder borrower to get approval from the banks. Right. So she just referred me a mortgage broker. So the mortgage broker looked at me. I, I don't know, like I filled in the forms and I got rejected. <laughs> and then the, I didn't know there was a date, an expiry date on the deposit. Okay. So basically what happened is I didn't know the process and my deposit was all taken away. Wow. Yeah, so that was the story. That's my first, the first purchase. deal. Yeah, the first deal. <laughs> no <laughs> Wiped <way>. out. <laughs> and the deposit means basically the whole yeah, I forgot how much I wired her. Like some decent money, I think like ten thousand or wow, like eight nine thousand, like something significant. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, big chunk of change yeah, for someone working co-op hours. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So, um, and I remember pausing. I'm like, hmm, how do I get it back? So I emailed her. I'm like, um, can I get those money back? And she's like, uh, legally, no, because, right. you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> read the words, read yeah. the contracts. Right. Right. I'm like, mm, but those, so I basically, I wrote an email and sort of saying, those are my life savings and please 
help me, blah blah blah. Yeah, I remember writing that letter, and then about like a week, I'm just you know guessing it's like years ago. They contacted me and say, "Oh, we can actually meet you in Vancouver."、Mm. I'm like, okay, so we went to a cafe in Vancouver, and a couple showed up. One is Indian, the other one is the lady Kelly. So they showed up. And they were asking me questions. I guess they were just you know looking at a young, right, college mid, kid, mid twenty, don't know what to do, <laughs> college, right, Asian little kid, right, <laughs> yeah. And they decided to sell their homes to me. And how much I paid the seller, they're willing to you know counter the difference. So if I gave, for example, if I gave them eight thousand, that was taken away by the first deal.、Mm. They're gonna rebate me eight thousand. Right. If I、right. buy from them. Oh wow! So they're、okay. the the angel behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah. So I only realized that when I looked back, like she is, she was nice to me. That's very Canadian. That wouldn't happen in the U.S. <laughs> um. If you're lucky, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, really. If you're really lucky, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have all kinds of U.S. stories, stories. too. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, but no, no. I I think it's just human nature. I was lucky、right. to um to have encountered a lady. She was willing to give some money back and、mm. help me with the process. So the second time, immediately I signed the contract. I called the mortgage broker. Right. You knew what to do now. Yeah. Yeah,、okay. so I successfully got mortgaged、um, for one house. So he was like, "Actually, you, there's no way you got two houses. The best I can do for you is higher down payment, but I might be able to get you one loan."、Mm. So I, I got one house. It's one a duplex.、House. Okay, that、yeah. was your second purchase. Is a duplex. Yeah, but it's the first successful transaction. Right. Yeah. With a successful, legit,、mortgage. legit, legit mortgage. Right, right,、yeah. right, right. Yeah. So I owned that house for at least five years. I remember five, six years, okay, six, or six, seven years. Yeah, I remember signing the、uh, the five year term. Sheet. Okay,、yeah. right. Yeah. So over five years, it made money. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. It was like it was so cheap. It's like eighty thousand ish Canadian. Right for a duplex. Yeah, it's like near a hundred year old duplex in the middle of nowhere. Oh wow! Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I sold it for like a hundred thousand something. Okay, so you turned around money. nice. Yeah, yeah. Twenty <laughs> G's. <laughs> so I think that was a very good experience. I learned a couple of really important skills.、Uh, one is、um, the condition of the house equals to the condition of the tenants.、Mm. Yeah, and the the key of management at the time because I was living in Vancouver, right? And the houses in Winnipeg. Winnipeg, so everything I had to rely on the manager, you know, the property management team. So, so did you hire a property management yeah, team? Yeah, I had to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was sort of、um, a succession. Like they had a property manager. Okay. And so I just basically took over whoever who was managing it. Right. Yeah, and just say yes to whatever this person said. Hey, the toilet is broken. I'm like, okay, fix it. Hey, the floor. Hey, the painting. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so you learn that you know the the cheaper the houses, the the worse the tenants, the the higher the repair and all that. So I learned some lessons. Yeah. So it's like really a turnkey operation, yeah, right? Yeah, except I mean, that the key was like really old. It was old and rusty key. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard to turn. <laughs> Hard to turn. I see <laughs> the turnkey that didn't turn well, but that's right. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's your first deal. So were you renting it, or it came with tenants already? It came with tenants. Yeah, it doesn't really matter because the tenant left. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. They, they usually, the thing, the thing is, they usually would sell it with the tenants, so it's right. more desirable. Of course. But it doesn't mean the tenant would stay. That's true. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So they ended up leaving. Yeah, yeah. There's like lots of turnover. Okay. But it yeah. was fine. You were able to find yeah. new tenants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep yeah. a passive income coming yeah, yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also flipping it at the end of five mm, years. Yes. Okay. So those are your first two deals. You just mentioned as well, you know, that you have a lot of stories in the US. And I know, you know, you built quite a career in the States as well, from yes. what I understand. So when did that pivot happen? Was mm. this immediately or is this after another 20, 30, 50,000 houses? <laughs> sure. Uh, so fast track, I duplicated this old duplex in Winnipeg yeah. for another five uh, ones. So I had 10 units. So each one is two units, right? Duplex. Okay, right. So I bought five more with friends. Oh, okay. So I ran out of my down payment on the second one, right? I that was all my money. Yeah. So um so I started to ask around and borrow money from friends. They're like, um, I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you. I'll lend you two thousand. So I I write the contract. Like uh, I'll borrow two thousand from friend A and yeah. I'll give you X percent as interest mm -hmm. and they trust me right? and I pay them interest by check. So then I was able to go up to 10 units in Winnipeg okay. um, at my mid twenties before I graduated from the university. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, then I realized, hmm, my bottleneck is money. Mm. <laughs> I mm. don't have enough right. to grow. Yep. So I became a mortgage broker. Mm. I wanted to learn how they look at the that lending side of cases, the yes, because yeah. that's eighty percent of, of the money. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I got myself really educated. I actually became a really good mortgage broker. I was highly paid because I speak Chinese, I I speak English, and not dumb. So so I was very busy <laughs> as a mortgage broker for three years. I mm. almost got sidetracked. I'm like, no way. I, I, you know, that's not my passion. Right, right, right. So I, I stopped doing that. That was 2008. Oh, that's an interesting year. Yeah. For mortgages, especially. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was looking out for deals and I think it was 2006. That was sort of the time I started to wonder if I should keep doing it as a mortgage broker. So between the six and the eight, I was really active in looking into real estate deals instead of mortgage deals. Right. right. And that's when the Lehman Brothers. Yeah, um, they, exactly. Yeah, the, the AIG, catastrophe. The crash. Yeah, yeah. So that happened and everything was on discount in the States. Yes, exactly. It's a yeah. good time to go shopping. Yeah, I, di I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember at the time, um, the transition was starting having to consider 25 cents to make a call to... Right. <laughs> to buying used book on Amazon. First went to the library and check out the content of the book. If I liked the book, then I bought a used book in Amazon. To I was able to fly to the States because I was a mortgage broker, right? So I started making some income. So I flew to the States to meet the authors of the book. I really enjoyed reading. Hmm. His name was Dave Lindahl. People in the multifamily commercial real estate knows him. Yeah, so he was a real deal. Um, so I flew to the States um, and attended all his classes. 
I actually did that when I was in Canada. So I was drawn into the Robert Kiyosaki's、uh, method.、Mm-hmm. So I actually attended a bunch of his things, the seminars.、Right. I was a seminar junkies at the time. Wow.、Okay. I, yeah, any seminar I would go. So I learn, you know, they're selling something, but I pick up skills in business, in people, in networking. So I was really comfortable、um, in the business. So the states. So that was two thousand eight ish. Yeah, but it was a hard leap, right? Because I was in Canada, and now I have to deal with cross-border taxation.、Yes. I have to deal with different terms, like you know, we call them lawyer here. You guys call it attorney.、Right. Like, what's the difference?、Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why would they make life so hard? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had to go through that. So starting two thousand nine, that was the time I felt I was ready. So. I grew from zero unit to ten units in Canada. Then my first deal in the states was a hundred units. So basically, every transition I added zero. Your first deal, deal. in the U.S. was a hundred unit deal. A hundred twenty units. No way. Yeah. So that was two thousand. The actual purchase was two thousand eleven, but I started my company two thousand ten. Wow. Yeah. So my first deal purchase was in Texas, and that was one twenty units. Wow, where、yeah. in Texas was this? Midland,、okay. oil drill yeah, town. Exactly. Yeah, Midland. How did you kind of narrow down on Midland and you know <laughs> this property? Right. I mean, the U.S. has fifty states and it's a huge country and、yeah. it's a different one, you know,、yeah. obviously from Canada. So yeah, how did you end up on that property in that location? Yeah, it took me a long time from wanting to go to the states in two thousand nine to actual purchase in two thousand eleven was、right. because the states is so big. I had to you know do my homework.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I had to learn a whole lot in the commercial real estate. One thing I forgot to mention is the economy of scale in、mm. real estate really do matter as well. Yeah. So I own like scattered duplex, and I learned my lesson. So I wanted to have something that's all like concentrated and focused in one exactly. site. Exactly. Right. So that's why I went on for a multifamily. And that's a different different game, a different scale of you know everything. So I had to learn that. So that's why. 2011 was the time, and I had to go from like. Of course, I wanted to go to Seattle, right? Wherever closer to me. Sure. And the recovery at the time wasn't promising in Seattle, in Oregon. So I basically, I studied from the states closer to Vancouver and all the way down south, and then nothing really panned out. Like there was no promising places. California was a mess.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> Utah, nobody goes.、Right? Mm-hmm. You know, so Colorado it was okay. But、uh, nobody hears about you know because my funding had to come from the Asians, right? So I had to pick somewhere people can relate to. That was one of the quite a few considerations, right? And Texas never really got hit. Yeah, exactly. By the、uh, the Lehman Brothers. Yeah, yeah, my brother lives in Dallas, and Dallas was it's、yeah. always been, it's still going. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. that time. Yep. Exactly. So.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I my research stopped at Texas.、Mm. Uh, it was multiple reasons: the better taxation, the better tenant law that's more you know fair for the landlords. Yeah, many many reasons. So that's why.、Mm. Wow. Yeah. So wasn't that scary? Your first、uh, multi-family deal is 120 units, not you know maybe like a 20 unit or <laughs> 50 unit or even 100, but you went all the way to 120. Yeah. How was that experience like?、Mm. Didn't you have fears or butterflies when you did that? Yeah, I have developed an inner 
I would say the inner conversational skill. So let's say we face fear, we face unknown. We fear for the unknown, right? We don't know what's ahead. We call that fear.、Mm-hmm. So I have developed this skill where when I have this voice that's talking about the fear-based thoughts, I would talk to it.、Mm. For example, it would say your partner in the states may lie to you because I partner with people locally in Texas, learn from the mistake, right? So I、mm-hmm. wanted somebody on the same team with the interest aligned. Right, and then they're local. So、mm. that was my strategy. So yes, fear and all kinds of small talks and negative talks would emerge, and that's natural for human beings. I mentioned this because I think that's a very important aspect of we as you know living people today. We always have this voice in the head, right, in any situation. So I've learned how to talk with it and to align it with my bigger. Self,、um, the bigger self is the intention of a better life. It's sort of a imagination state、mm. in the future. So I would sort of harmonize that language in the inner me. So I, I learned how to do that at the time. And I, like I said, I, I'm born with a courageous mind.、Mm. Um, I think I would thank my dad, but later I know like we actually chose our parents as spirit. So maybe thank a little less, but still thanks to dad. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Nah, you won't listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty safe here. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I have this optimistic and courageous mind with、mm. me as a soul,、mm. so as a personality. So what about the business side? I read in your bio as well that you kind of it says like most I was raised and praised for capitalistic success. <laughs> Right, enjoyment of material world and creating stimulus in life were the ultimate goals of life. It leads to kind of your spiritual awakening later in your life as well. But right now, we're talking about in the middle of this capitalistic kind of thing. Did you always grow up in a business family, or where did this kind of initial impetus come from?、Mm, I have a ordinary family or parents. Once I, you know, my life progressed, I would ask my friends, and I found out they're ordinary in a way where. There is a caretaker. Usually, it's the mother, the female, right, and then the father that's providing for the family. So that's similar to most people because they grew up poor. So in our generation, it's common that they would say, "Get a job, right,、mm-hmm. um, and better yet, get、um, you know a, a corporate or a job with really good in retirement plan." Right. Right. So I'm no different. I'm conditioned by those. Thoughts and for a kid to get loved and validated, you just sort of have to follow their instruction, right?、Mm. So that's why I put that in my bio because that's my upbringing. You know, I'm conditioned. Hmm, but I'm not sure I understand why. Because I think your story is very special and unique, and most people who grow up in a normal, you know, kind of environment don't necessarily have this kind of ambition, you know. To be super successful, or even to take those risks, which、uh-huh. is what I was kind of alluding to, is jumping into, you know, cold calling people, and then trying to figure out mortgages, and then going to yet another country and jumping into the multi-family、mm. market, which is yeah, it's a really competitive, cutthroat industry. So, yeah, I'm just curious where that kind of motivation and ambition comes from. 
Mm, I think a couple of things when you phrase the questions. One is, I think one of the motivation is to be validated by my parents,、mm. and they validate kids with their capital success. So I remember when I was、um, the vice president of CCIM. What is CCIM? Certified Commercial Investment Member. Okay. I still remember I know. that. <laughs> yeah, so it's a big title among the commercial industry.、Um, you know, when I was giving speech in 2013 in Taiwan, it was like 900 people、mm. who are the top-notch commercial people in Taiwan. Commercial real estate.、People. Real estate. Okay. okay. Yeah, real estate. And I remember, remember my dad was so happy. You know, like you just you can't escape those conditions, right?、Mm. You wanted to be validated、right. by your parents. Yeah, so that's one. That's how they value kids. That's how they love you. Right. Yeah. In your family. In my family. Right. In my family.、Um, the second thing, I think it was born with me. I embrace my uniqueness. I never felt I was shame of my difference, and I noticed that because I would see the opposite. I didn't know I was I have this unique ability to shine and to just not shy away from being different. And I actually even long for the difference, the uniqueness. I actually expand that part of me.、Mm. So I think there's an inner motivation in me where when I was facing fear or unknown or doing things that are different from others. Like all the things that you know, you announce the titles and all that, right? They're all very different.、Mm -hmm. I embrace that part of me, I think, and I love that. So when there is this counterforce saying this is risk, there is this inner drive that goes, "It's okay to be different. Just、mm. be different. Just do it. Yeah, just just do it." And I think one phrase I learned from Donald Trump when he wasn't the president yet—he was just this、um, commercial real estate mogul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.、Uh, he said the only difference between you and someone you admire is what they know that you don't know.、Mm. What they know that you don't. I'm like, hmm, tot makes total sense.、Mm. So all I wanted to do is to know what they know. Then I'll do what they do,、mm -hmm. and I'll become who they are. So I know that if I don't try, then I won't know. So it's sort of the equation of you know thoughts. I adopted a belief that was helpful, and I figure out the rest of the equation. Then the rest is just do it. Do you think that? If you hadn't gone to Canada to study abroad at fifteen, you would still take these kind of risks and maybe have the success that you did have, you know, in the West here in Taiwan. So the reason I'm asking this is because you know I'm in education and dealing with Taiwanese students. That's one of the biggest concerns, which is confidence and a lack of risk、mm. for for a multitude of reasons, educationally, culturally, family-wise, or you know otherwise. So what about for you? Do you think that This kind of sense was cultivated because you had that opportunity to study abroad.、Mm, very good question. I asked that myself as well. I think I'll still become who I am today, maybe at, at different timing. Okay, I think it just would take a little longer or yeah, faster. It, it, <laughs> it would take a little longer, or it would be a different version, but the same me. It's sort of like、um, how do I put it? So in lives, we have this environment. That doesn't seem to be controlled by us. There is this harmony, this nature, this events, these other people that we co-create our reality together. But the us, the me, the consciousness who is making the conscious choice is still the same person. Is still the same spirit, the same same awareness, experiencing different events. 
right? So you're saying if I were in a different environment, would I be expressing differently?、Mm. I would just say it would be the same, but a different story. It's sort of like. But a little bit different. It's kind of like anywhere, everywhere, all at once,、mm. you know.、Um, so she was in all different experiences, but once she was aware of the different part of her, then she was able to integrate. So I know it's a little bit jumpy, you know, the thought. But what I'm trying to say is, when we understand that we are the hearer, the listener,、uh, we're not. The person who speak, we're the consciousness. We are actually making conscious choice through the life events. So even me, the same consciousness in India, it would be the still the same me choosing different events.、Mm. So my expression would be my version at the different environment. So when I mention I have this courageous part in me,、mm. that's the me that came with me as a spirit. So it doesn't matter what the environment was; it will still be me expressing in that environment. <laughs> That's the answer. Right? Yeah, I understand. But my question is actually, you know, even if you, because you're saying that that's kind of your spirit that you are born with, but you also have to be able to recognize that, right? And certain environments don't necessarily foster. That space or ability to recognize that, you know, that's my experience in Asia, teaching Asian students, and especially in Taiwan, where the education system or the culture or the family or whatever pushes down that kind of potential. Yeah, I'm just wondering if you think that is the case, and that you know, being in Canada enabled you to be freer and to kind of maximize your potential more. But yeah, it seems、yeah. to me that you think it would still, wherever you are, you would be able to maximize that potential. Yeah, and to address your question, I got it. I think it could turn both ways. Let's say the human personality has this spectrum. One end is like super pessimistic, one is like super optimistic. I would say the people who are in the middle would be swayed by the environment because they're not strong either way. So in that case, if a child is、um, not confident, this child doesn't have that part in its spirit, then it would be really. Easy or vulnerable to the conditioning, but for a very optimistic kid, she'll be or he'll be optimistic in all environment. It doesn't matter how suppressing it is. It doesn't matter what the parents told this kid. The kid will still be very adaptive and very optimistic. And same with the pessimistic side. So I would say, it depends. And you know, like the same. Answer can be like metaphorically saying in the twins, right? The twins would have the same parents, similar condition. That just assume similar condition, similar look, everything similar. They have totally different you know, expression、mm. and choices they have. I think that part is the spirit side, which it funny has to do with astrology. It has to do with when the spirit was born on Earth, the relationship with the spirit and the biology of, of the parents. In angle or in the receiving the energy of different planets, that's why we have this、uh, zodiac system. That's why of all the things, doesn't matter. You're looking for the Indian or looking for the you know now very popular called human design. They all need your birthplace and your birth date and time to be accurate. And why is that? Is because all the planetary has the energetic influence on the expression on the, it's sort of abstract that on the vibration or frequency of the energy the baby is receiving and got birth at、mm. the time. So, <laughs> sidetracked. 
I want to dive deeper into this, but I'm wondering if we should come back to this because I think that dovetails with a lot of your, you know, spiritual stuff as well. So maybe we'll save it because yeah, I, <laughs> I, I have many questions that I would love to delve into there, but maybe we'll try to finish up with this real estate stuff first and then get to that. Cool, so cool. yeah, you said uh, by social definition, I did succeed in my mid thirties. I was a founder of a multi-million dollar private equity commercial real estate firm. Started from zero, acquired and managed over 1,100 units of multifamily rental units in the U.S. So from this 120 unit, you know, multifamily first deal in Midland, Texas, you ended up really expanding that and becoming quite successful in the States. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I think that's a very important part of your story, right? Because that, as you say in your, you know, kind of bio, which is from that success, that's when you had some kind of big awakening on a late night in 2016 of December, right? Yeah. So getting up until that point, what was that time like getting up to that kind of peak of your business success? What was that journey like? Yeah. So once you figure out one way of success, you duplicate, right? So for me, it was just duplication. So I started 120 and then later, I remember the second deal was 232, mm. something like that. So I would just duplicating what I was doing, try to, you know, reduce the mistake, reduce the risk along the way and just improve the optimization of the process. So time flew by and, you know, all of a sudden I was adding up. I'm like, oh, I'm over a thousand units. Mm. <laughs> um, I remember at the time I wanted to teach people how to do it. I think the belief and the suffering of Know, money is so important was something I want to I wouldn't say you know so big of myself but like liberate people from this strain right like I hope that one day we can live without having to have you know make money you know just we do what we love mm -hmm. and we're not doing this for money so when I reached that point I remembered so I along the way I still have my mentors I meet people on the stage I would just chase after them you know begging them to teach me to you know allow me to piggyback to learn from them I, I still have that habit with mm -hmm. me so along the you know the growth so I have quite a few different mentors. I think because who I am, my awareness of who I am was still there, even though I was doing real estate. I thought I wanted to give back. So mm -hmm. I didn't know what my value was. So I started something called the Real Estate Intelligence Quotient, R-E-I-Q. Mm. It was planned to be a not-for-profit school to teach people how to make real estate like I did. So then they can have enough passive income to support the basic needs and then liberate themselves from the basic needs and do something they really love. Um, I think that was 2015-ish. Okay. 15-ish. So that was the journey. And I think like most people, I think, you know, when you reach to, um, you said top, yeah, by number it was. I, my income was growing. My number of units managed was growing. Everything was growing. I think that's the awareness of what you are doing and having the time with yourself and ask yourself, are you in alignment with your life purpose? I'm appreciative of myself having the reflection habit. I, I do that every year. So it was just one night I'm like, mm, no, I don't think it's in alignment. I, I think I have tested that, yes, when I make more money, my parents welcome me a little bit more, but it's a variable love. <laughs> right. 
the more you make, the more you get loved, but not all the time. Right. And so I think a lot of people would ask me because you have made it. That's why you're spiritual now. And I think it's fair in a way where if we live under the capital praises and we long for love and validation, then yes, because as human, we need that. We got trapped. And I guess because I have lived and achieved that and I know that didn't work. So I have this no turning back mode and say, no, that didn't work. But a lot of people would still try to make that work until they learned it by their experience. Like we all know by book that money can't be the valuation of how good we are. And yet people are still trapped. Mm -hmm. So I think the value of having done it and now knowing it didn't work Sure, if people say that, you know, oh, you're donating a lot of money because you have a lot of money, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't want to jump too much of, you know, the the story a little bit, but mm -hmm. I want to add a little thing is untrue that I published this book because I have a lot of money. That's untrue because in 2019, COVID hit. I still had my last property that I purchased in 2016. Mm. November, that was my last purchase. Okay. So at the time of COVID, I still own one property, which performed horribly. So from 2019 and especially 2020, three things happened. The real estate didn't work well. My stock portfolio went from like, you know, all my savings. It went down to 95% loss. So mm. I only had 5% remained in my stock portfolio on top of the real estate problem. And my personal, you know, playful account didn't perform either. Funny, the only thing I made money was Bitcoin. Oh, nice. <laughs> Stupid. And I put so little in it. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. So the backstory of that is... Um, no, I do what I do now, not because I have this leisure, not because I have all the money. No, it's because I want to. I think that's my value as a human being. Mm. So what happened December 2016? You're speaking of this kind of reflection, reflective period and this misalignment that you felt. I'm just wondering how this misalignment manifested itself. I mean, did you feel empty or unsatisfied with what you were doing or... Was there some other kind of, you know, moment or situation or experience that kind of precipitated this? Mm. I think a couple of things. One is through the business dealings. I also feel there's people wearing a facade and they approach you because they think you're rich. Because at the time, later 2000, like passing 2015, the mainland China got really wealthy and a lot of Im immigrants went to the States and Canada. Mm -hmm. So people with black hair, black mm -hmm. eyes, mm -hmm. they, the Caucasians think that you're rich at that point. So I think it's one is the incongruence of values, the value beliefs in business that's more obvious that I felt this just this uneasiness. It just I didn't like that environment. Mm. I like the pure, like playful kid and like, you know, just swear and you know be the way you are and mm -hmm. not having to deal with that but in the business setting i had to be accepted in the network setting i have to word my phrases in business terms it wasn't me so mm -hmm. that was one 
The second thing was the starting phrase of my bio. I wanted to help a lot of people. That was this little inner voice, this little inner drive, something about me that I haven't been in touch with for too long. And I felt that maybe it was a movie, maybe it was a book, maybe it was a quote, but I think it's everything added together of all the life experience I had. I thought I wanted to expand my life a little bit more and a bit more in touch with that part of me.、Mm. So I think it was a combination of the two, and maybe a little bit of you know I have done this for a long time. It was a decade of time, and I felt you know I'm ready to try a you know a blind version of life.、Mm. <laughs> and I think、uh, meeting John Butcher, the billionaire, one of my mentor,、mm. uh, the founder of the Life Book,、mm-hmm. also helped me. He is an artist. And meeting him and Missy,、uh, the couple, the family, really gave me a different aspect of how a human life can be lived. They expanded the possibility、mm. in front of my eyes. So I just resonate much more with him, his family, than any mentors I have followed and learned. And he was the one who introduced me because life book is the full spectrum of a full life. It's not just about you know having a good wife, a good husband, or having a lot of money. It's twelve categories of life that he organized so well. And I know that I want to have that life versus the life I ha- I was living.、Mm. And one of the twelve categories was spiritual life. And it was the life that he himself was the most unfamiliar to.、Um, so basically, I followed along. Every month, we have this one category to dig into. I followed the program for at least a couple of years, and I think on the second year, finally, I was learning the meditation skill. So he has this program. I got the email. I'm like, oh, transcendental meditation, all kinds of meditation explained, all the books. So I picked one of the method. I started to meditate. I think that was the The glimpse of you know spiritual journey,、mm. um, and he started it for me. He was the you know the inducer of that.、Okay. Yeah. Was this prior to December two thousand sixteen, or、yeah. was this after? It was prior. Okay. Yeah, it was prior. I, I met him two thousand fourteen, fifteen ish. Yeah, fourteen,、okay. fifteen. So how did you meet this billionaire mentor? How can us normal <laughs> human beings out here find a billionaire mentor? <laughs> I think. That is something I want to demystify, where people feel that we have the special, you know, light around us or a special、uh, circle. That's why I know these people. No, I chased after them. For example, I chased after Dave Lindell after reading his book.、Mm-hmm. I chased after Dave Steck,、um, my my other mentor. And then Dave in, later introduced John Butcher to me,、mm. and it's just I think to get to know people, you have to let them know why. You do have to have the basics of being likable. <laughs> it、yeah. helps. It helps. <laughs>、um, the second thing is you do have to let them feel that you mean it. You're not just saying it. I think. A lot of the reason do add up, but those aren't hard. So answering that question, it's just if you really want it, you can have it. <laughs> right? Can you tell that story about how you chased after Dave Steck? 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so one of the seminars when I was um, still in real estate, huh, I went to. So Dave was on the stage. Uh, he was extremely charismatic. Um, the speech was like I don't know, forty minutes it was like in one hour session plus QA, right? It was just like he was humorous, very well educated, very well groomed, just very charismatic. So he came down to the stage. People were like swirling around him and making like a typhoon. Like he was the center of the typhoon, and it's just hard to get through. It's like layers and layers of people surrounding him at one corner, and nobody cared about the next speaker. Mm. It was he was that good. Um, so I pierced through the crowd and finally stood in front of him. And it was funny. Finally, we had this eye contact. So he smiled at me. He's just very gentleman, even though he didn't want to be there, of course, right? He just want to <laughs> leave, right? But he was so gentleman. I'm like, may I have your business card? And he genuinely smiled at me and said, oh, no, I don't carry business card because I'm afraid that you might really call me. I love that. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's a great line. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm like, what did he say? And then I just, I was like, you know, try to interpret what he was saying. Right. And then he's like, I guess he spoke to a couple of others and he just ran off. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, I just stood there and stunned. <laughs> so uh, before you continue, who is Dave Steck to people who might not know? And what was this seminar about? What was his 40 minute talk about? It was just one of those real estate seminars. Mm. Um, nobody know who Dave Steck is. He's not public. Mm. Even if you Google him, you can't find him. He does it on purpose. He doesn't want to be known. He's under radar. But he actually went to Stanford. He is just very smart. He was talking about how he knew 2017, 18 was coming. He knew what Lehman Brothers before, like he got out of the market two years prior to Lehman Brothers. At the height of the market, he got out in 2016. He mm. knew that was coming. He, 2006. Yeah, sorry. Yes, yeah. 2006. Yeah. So yeah, he knew that was coming. He is really good at researching, like really diligent, really smart, really mm. methodical humorous but he said no i do not have a business card because i don't want you to call me <laughs> i'm afraid <laughs> i'm, I'm afraid, afraid that you might actually call me and he took off yeah. so but obviously that's not the end of the story so what happened <laughs> yeah and so i remember that he mentioned his sons at the speech and one of the two sons was a poker player so i figured okay they should have the same last name so i'll just google the poker players mm. with the same last name right so I found the His second son. the son. Yeah, I found the son. I'm like, yay. So with some, you know, further digging, I found the office. I found their office to the son. So I, I wrote an email, the only available email that was listed. And I just wrote whoever, I don't know who's going to receive the email. So right. I just wrote a letter. To whom said, it may concern. That's right. <laughs> I actually did that. Really? To whom it may concern. Right, right, right. And yeah, so I just genuinely wrote a letter and said I was the attendee, blah, 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 who I am. I, I try to make it as short and interesting as possible mm. just to appeal to him and just see if it's possible to talk to him for 10, 15 minutes. So not asking too much, not asking him to marry me or whatever. Right, right, right Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, not on the first date. Right, exactly. Yeah, so so I did that. And a couple of weeks later, someone replied and said, yes, 15 minutes. So I spoke to him, it was 15 minutes, but it went on to 30 minutes. And after the call, he's like, "Um, why don't you come to Vegas? I have this castle. <laughs> I have this castle and then X date, you can come. I'm like, oh, sure. And now that, that's the thing. I just do it. 
I don't go like, oh, what if he lied to me? What if I, I don't have this? What ifs? I right. I basically I notice these talks. I know they're not serving me, so I just heard it and ignored them. So I just I flew there and we had a blast. Went to the castle. I went to the castle in Vegas. In Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so he had this. So it's just like he's so easy, leisure, and then he, with his polo shirt and hey, Christine, and then you just we just had a good time. So then he was like, I guess just because the speaks that he was, you know, giving, he had ten ish, like ten fifteen people who really really want to follow and learn from him.、Mm. So he developed this mastermind for us, paying mastermind. Okay. Very expensive. I remember it was like twenty five k. Oh a, wow. A year. A year. Okay. Wow. Yeah.、Mm, to meet with him every quarter. Every quarter, once a quarter. Once a quarter, somewhere, a hotel not included, flight not included. Really. Just to be with him four times a year. That's 25K. impressive. Yeah, nice 25K. business model. I know that's how that's how attractive he is、yeah. for people. Exactly. You know the people who were in the mastermind lawyers. They're like highly educated people,、mm. highly successful. Yeah, I'm the nobody in Canada, the Asian little、right. girl <laughs> who just did it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, just persistent and just did it.、Wow. Yeah, that's how I know Dave Stack. Oh my goodness! What was the biggest thing you take away from these masterminds? I learn a lot from each, but since we're talking about him, I learn two very important things from him. Actually, even though we didn't do business continually to do business together, but I learned two very important things. One is the the power of no. One time he asked me, Christine, what is the worst answer if somebody asks you a question? Yes, no, maybe, and then I'm like.、Mm, I better be right. Right. <laughs> My hero is asking me a question, so I'm like,、mm, the worst answer is yes, no, maybe, and like, and then he gave me the answer. Right?、Um, he's like, the worst answer is maybe because it's either no or yes. Why are you wasting your time?、Mm. It's yes or no.、Mm-hmm. Don't do a maybe, right? It's like you know, it's taking away your operating system,、mm. right? It's hanging there. And then what's the second worst? That's where I stalled. I wasn't sure, and he said the second word is yes. The best answer is always a no. So that's why you can do a good job on the yeses. And to date, I still remember that because as a human being, again, I think I relate to human beings a lot right now. Is because we always observe the superficial acts. We observe what's expressed, but we forget why we do this, why we do things, why we say things. It's human nature. So in human nature, we like to be liked. So we say yes. We have this peer pressure.、Mm. We have this need to, to be others to be agreeable, right?、Yep. To be liked.、Mm-hmm. That's human nature. So that's why we sometimes get overwhelmed of the yeses that we should we should have said no to. So he taught me that, and it's still very useful. I have to stay. Focused on what's important, what's truly important to me. That's a really good book called The Essentialism. Very good book. That book was recommended by John Butcher、hmm. to me. I even wrote like a whole、uh, like checklist and book notes. <laughs> I review it every other year. Oh wow! Very good book. So that's the power of staying focused on what's truly important、hmm. to you. So that's one thing.、Yeah. The second lesson I learned from him is to not pleasing the masses of asses. That's what he said. That's that quote him. That's, <laughs> that's his quote. That's his quote.、Okay. That masses of asses. Nice. Once he was saying, he's like, he has an office of three people: himself, his assistant who replied my email, right,、um, okay, and then a CFO. That's all. 
Right. And he was managing a size of like fifty million or something like high, very very efficient, very very efficient fund.、Mm. And he said he said he didn't want to have a human adult center, <laughs> like a daycare center. Daycare center, human. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, he really he's so clear in his mind.、Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned a whole lot. And so this mentor of yours introduced you to John Butcher. Who that's we, right. Who we had spoken about earlier. So, what about John? What kind of things did you learn from him? What are some of the biggest lessons you learned from this mentor? John, it's just I'm just like flabbergasted when I met him. He was welcoming us.、Uh, so basically, long story short, was、um, so we got introduced. We met him, and he has his program again,、okay. right? Paying program. <laughs> right. I was chosen again. Right. <laughs> I paid again. Another twenty-five thousand. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Even <laughs> yeah, even more expensive. I remember.、Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I said yes again. Um. So we were welcomed, and he was holding the hand of his wife Missy, and like you know, he was in his um shirts, and she was in his dress, and like wind blowing, right? And this grand door, like. Uh, Great Gatsby Museum. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good vision. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's just such a big, big house in Chicago.、Mm. Um, but he is not like any other successful businessman I have met in different fields many times. He is just so down to earth, so real. He doesn't have this billionaire, you know, aura.、Mm. He, he does have this strong aura around him, but. Not in a way that's、um, like look who how successful I am. Not that kind. I've also met another billionaire who I forgot.、Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't mention him a lot because、um, other reasons. Yeah, so he is a living example of how a life can be lived. In in short, it's just too many lessons. I learned the most from him,、mm. and. To date, I still say that he's still my mentor. Yeah, I don't say that with many others. Right. Yeah, he is still my mentor. Wow. Okay. So before we, because I think that's a great segue into, because you said he kind of opened your eyes with the life book, right?、And、yeah. That kind of spiritual side. But maybe before that, a kind of final note on the real estate, which is what was your biggest success in your real estate career, and then after that, what was your kind of biggest failure or biggest regret, maybe? Um, I don't have any regrets, but yes, I've made mistakes. I've made good choices. If I were to answer the biggest success is, yeah, I did well.、Mm. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, I got passive income. I got capital gain. Like I worked hard. That's why I have no regrets. But I did make a mistake. Not a mistake, multiple mistakes. It's a mistake. Only you know it's a mistake. At the time, it doesn't look like a mistake. Right. Yeah, you didn't know what you didn't know, right?、Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, there's really not a useful lesson for people to pick up.、Mm. It's just、um, because you can only know what you have learned, like you wouldn't know prior to. So I made my fortune in the states during、mm. those ten years,、mm-hmm. and I lost it in the recent two years. Right. And I didn't make any particular mistakes, or、uh, it was just how life—it's a circle of life, and money flow with the circle of life. Right, <laughs> exactly. Sometimes it flows away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes、That's、it、right. flows towards us. Yeah,、right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think if I tweak that question a little bit,、mm. I learn that because see, I want to liberate people from money, and whoops, I liberated myself. Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> the money flew away <laughs> unintentionally. Yeah. Exactly, you're and, a perfect model for yeah. it. <laughs> and one day I'm like, oh, I'm still here. I'm you know, living, I, I don't need it. I save those money for philanthropic causes that I, I always know I want to do. And it's just a safety, safety net, right? It's mm. something that I know I've saved up. Now it's gone. And I, one day I'm like, oh, I'm not too sad, I'm okay. Mm. I'm living. I'm still myself. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like I lost anything. So I'm like, okay. So I think it's a different lesson looking at it in a different perspective. Mm. And, you know, publishing the book doesn't take money. Mm -hmm. You know, sending invitation doesn't take money. You know, a lot of the things we condition ourselves to. If I do this, then I'll do that. You know, this equation. Right. The ifs is usually excuses. So there you go. Right. Okay. So yeah, I think that's actually a perfect segue into the book, which is maybe very simply, how did you do this? <laughs> <laughs> Any curious questions? <laughs> it's, a, it's a broad question. How did you do this? Right. right. So <laughs> because we took a little nice walk around Métis Park and I heard a bit about the story, but I think there's a lot of parallel to what you had just kind of revealed, right? Is that persistent nature of yours that just do it uh nature as well so how did this book come about because you know you are kind of the face of the book now and there are four other really famous high profile taiwanese so right. <laughs> yeah so how did this project you know in general kind of just come together right um, but before that, I'm curious, out of the four famous quote, famous mm. Taiwanese figures, which one do you recognize? Yeah, so I love food. Ah. So yeah, you can guess which one. I know Andre, Chef Andre, from his documentary. Mm. Uh, I follow food. My brother is in the restaurant business. One right. of our past guests was also a big restaurateur here in Taiwan. So that's a industry that I'm very familiar with. So right. immediately, yeah, when I saw you know the cover of the book, I was like, oh, Chef Andre. Mm. Uh, Janet also, I think she's a very public figure. You know, so. Uh, I recognized her as well. But Chef Andre is someone, yeah, I definitely have followed for a while. Ah, cool, cool, cool. Just curious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the book, it's interesting because I've never imagined myself writing books mm. because in my family, my sister is the one with academia success. Like mm. I'm always like trying to make it. <laughs> I'm the popular kid right. who stays in the middle. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So... So never imagine that. So it's never like something I want to do. It's not on my bucket list. And it was just because COVID. One day, I guess it's a progression of me feeling the energy from feeling the energy of myself from the meditation work that I do. Then moving into something called Vipassana, which is getting really popular nowadays. Mm. Uh, Vipassana meditation. Uh, it's a 10-day book camp. And uh, from there, like years ago, I started to able to feel the energy flowing inside me. And then on top of that, it was the Reiki, sending energy to, to other people, even mm. long distance. It's using your thought and the quantum field that now people know what's that, what that is. So when COVID hit Taiwan, particularly, because we didn't get hit early, right? It was mm -hmm. like a year after. Exactly. Um, I remember it was May, two years ago, right? 
Mm-hmm. And then was just I could feel this energy in Taiwan that people are disempowering. They're they're not sure what to do. Yeah, everything took a pause. Everybody stayed home, and you know, so one meditation. I, I usually do yoga in the morning and followed by meditation. So I was doing that, and this voice. I don't know if the listeners are in tune with like spiritual practices, but one of the thing that is constantly mentioned is the higher self. You know, the lower self, the you, the higher self. And I've always wanted to talk to my higher self. I'm like, higher self, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I hear, I hear that you like each person has two angels, right? Angels talk to me, especially when I was in the mess of the real estate deal, right? right? I'm like, looking for those what angels is the everywhere. lesson, right? Yeah. Like, help me out here. I haven't done anything wrong, right? Mm. So I pray to those figures, you know, the God, the you know, the higher beings. So fast tracked. So that was a meditation. COVID hit. I'm like, oh. Um, so the reason I mentioned that is the higher self is you. That's why I couldn't recognize the higher me because it's part of me.、Mm. I have this lower me. I have this body me. I have this ego me. I have this higher me. So it's a matter of my state. It's not a matter of me calling for it. So it's kind of like the radio tuning station. You have this ten station you can always tune to. If you stay in station one and call for station ten, you're not gonna do it. So by calling the higher part of you, you have to be in the state, in the synchronicity, to in the same frequency, or we call that we, you and I are in the wavelength, right?、Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. So I have done enough practice. I know I was in the state. So when the the voice emerged, I know it's something outside of my ego. So I felt really resonated with that voice, and the voice said, "It's time to write a book."、Mm. <laughs> yeah, so that's how it came about, and basically copy and paste the different you know the previous strategies, right? So I just called them and invited them, and yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So, <laughs> but. You know, we we heard about Dave Steck and John Butcher. So, how did you kind of narrow down on these four particular? Right. I mean, there's a lot of、uh, really interesting people in Taiwan, of course. And right. Why did you end up choosing them? Right. The important criteria is that they have the heart to、um, to help people. Like you said, a lot of successful people are there. Out there, right? How am I picking them? It's I know that Sean, the author, Sean has the heart of giving, and because from all the work that he is doing, the positive psychology, like he just has the heart. I I know that. So when I wanted to create this book, his face emerged, and so did Andre. So they were the first two、mm. among the other two that I had in mind, and I got rejected.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there were four people.、Um, two were Andre and Sean.、Mm. Andre, I didn't know him, but because of one was a event in Ilan, and he lives in Ilan. Mm, right. Right. So I had to contact him. I wanted to contact him. So I contacted him through Facebook. You know, people people always ask me like, "Do you already know them?"、Mm. I'm like, "No." And people are like, "What?" <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I I'm a cover I, with them. <laughs> you know, like in the podcast I had with Sean, he has his podcast, right?、Mm. He mentioned like because. 
I know him from cold calling too. Right. Right. So like one of my friend was a fan of his uh, DJ disc. Like he creates music mm. and he he does DJs. Right. Even though he's Harvard and you know like mm. you know highly academia and all that, he has as many aspects of lives and that what makes him interesting. So I'm like, oh. Here's an interesting guy. So years ago, I just I messaged him. I'm like, I I like you because this and that. And can I buy you a coffee? And he said yes.、Mm. And in the podcast that we recently did together, he's like, I never said yes to a, <laughs> to a cold email who I've never met and to a coffee shop that you chose, not me. <laughs> Right, it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to him, it's something new to him too. Right, and he was like, I couldn't dig out the email or the letter, but it has to be on the textbook. Right, like teaching people how to cold call. Right, yeah. <laughs> so that was a joke, but yeah, Andre, I did that too. Oh wow! It was just a duplication of you know, you tell them why you're contacting them,、mm. you do your homework. You mean it. You're sincere. You're polite.、Mm. You know. You're likable. Try to get a, a very easy yes before you ask for too much.、Right. You know, like just it's not just rocket science. Just copy and paste from、yeah. your yeah. It's not rocket science. Successful career. Yeah. So that's how I knew Andre. So it was invitation, a voicemail sent to them. Wait, and Andre said yes day one. Wow. On the same day he received the the voicemail I sent him, he said, "Count me in." That's awesome. I'm like, really, <laughs> really, right? And Sean was like, you know, writing the book has this and that aspect. Have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? And he was like coaching me and guiding me with all these questions.、Mm. I'm like, oh, those are really helpful, right? And then, oh, do you know the publisher? I'm like, no. Oh, I know a publisher. I'll you know try to put you in touch, and you can do the work. So he was doing all those things, but he never said yes or no. So I was like,、mm, I'll just keep him warm. I didn't ask for a definite yes or no. I just allow him to be part of it. It was that maybe、uh, that David Stick said. It was he 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 <laughs> actually he yeah he was in the maybe right, he was right, in the maybe right, right. so but he was helping me but then so I was like joking I was like、oh, to you I felt like you're one foot on the boat one foot on the land、right. so I just caught a moment you were leaning fifty one percent on the boat and, and I, pulled you I, off yeah yeah and took off <laughs> I took off <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was Sean、uh, but he's he's one of the most essential force、uh, mm. making this happen、hmm. yeah without him it wouldn't be. As easy, yeah, because he's an author, right? He、mm-hmm. has the experience, and he introduced me Janet.、Okay. So one day he's like,、mm, "I think you need a female voice." I'm like,、mm, "Yeah, I, I haven't." So I basically I have like five other celebrities、mm. I try to invite and got rejected. I, they they just have different plans.、Mm-hmm. So any diva and you name it, I probably have tried. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so so he's like, "Oh, I think Janet is." A really good fit. I'm like, oh, she's so out of like, she's out of reach. I never thought about her, but she, yes, yes, she is the perfect fit.、Mm. I'm like, do you know her? And he's like, yeah, I do. But um, I'll I'll call her agent and and see what happens. So he did, and I waited and waited and waited. I remember waiting for Janet's response for two months. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna wait until it was September. I told myself I'm gonna wait until at the end of this year. If she said no, the boat is taking off. We're gonna publish without her.、Mm. Yeah. And in the midst of waiting for her, I ran into Darren one little river walk in Elan. <laughs> He was amazed. It's so funny. He's like, you know, because people come to me and you know pitch me ideas all the time. So in the weekend, I. 
find the most rural place to take my families to. Joanna <laughs> <laughs> was like, get away from people <laughs> like you, <laughs> like me. Yeah, so he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> How can I still meet people I know in Elan Riverwalk? It was like a you pulled me on this boat suddenly. Yeah, and it was a, I was amazed too. I'm like, it was like four or five o'clock. The sun was setting down. Was getting dark, and I'm like, is that Darren? Like I could. Vaguely see his figure because he's like easy to recognize. Long hair, slippers all the time, shorts. <laughs> right. I'm like, is that Darren? It's too dim. Then it was Darren. Hey, Darren. And we were on the, under the mask, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he's like, what the fuck? I know. How did I have I'm so, so disguised here? Yeah, yeah. So, so then his name popped up. I'm like, oh, actually, he is a good fit. So mm. I, I ponder about it. I meditated for it. Usually, when I'm not a hundred percent sure, I would wait. I would wait for my state of being um, settling down to the condition that I know I'm not operating under my ego. I'm not operating under my analytical mind. Then I make decision.、Mm. So after a few days, I'm like, yeah, actually, he is a good fit. So I send the invitation, and he said yes. Wow! <laughs> so that's how they all came together. And Janet one day was、um, Sean and her met in their common event, and Sean later said it was just stars aligned.、Mm. He said he didn't mention it particularly. Maybe Janet saw him and started suddenly remembers there was an invitation by Christine.、Right. And the next day, she through her agent, they wanted to meet. So of course, we meet. And I just assume closed. I didn't say, "Are you on board or not?"、Right. Do you want to do it or not? I、exactly. just said, "So, so when do we we're start?" Doing this. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So Don't take like, no、oh, for an answer. <laughs> the calendar、uh, took out. Let me、out. check my schedule. Yeah. Oh, did I just get pulled into something? <laughs> yeah. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I closed her. Oh wow! So for the. English-speaking audience, you know, who can't read Chinese, because right now at least it's only published in Chinese. So, can you give a like maybe a quick introduction of who these people are?、Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe starting on the cover, left to right. So, Darren, who you just mentioned. So, who is Darren? And and then maybe if you could just share one kind of interesting tidbit, information, takeaway, life lesson, or whatever、right. um, from each of these.、So. Right. Right, sure. The book, first of all, is、uh, a charitable project.、Mm. All the proceeds go to a charitable organization that each one of us pick. So there are five authors. So each one picked one organization.、Mm. Um, so all of our income goes to that organization every year. Everything is public. And one day, the、uh, publisher also decided to join. They didn't、mm. say they want to do that, but、um, they decided to do that as well. So one. Book you can donate to six different parties. Okay, so、nice. it doesn't matter if you read Chinese, you can gift it to somebody、mm. who reads Chinese, and you can pretend you know that you know the content. Exactly, <laughs> because you've heard this After podcast. After listening to this, yes, yeah, exactly, yeah, must be good. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And so the book is called "The Meaning of the Time Between Life and Death."、Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the only English sentence among some English by Andre. <laughs> oh, I see. Keep keep it simple. <laughs> that's、right. that's his phrase. So the purpose of the book is to empower empowerment through the disclosure of vulnerability by these successful people. It is important because we always have this conditional thought: if I do this, then I'll do that. They are successful because, and I don't have those becauses, right? It is to break that belief. 
in order to talk differently to ourselves when there is something we want to do.、Mm. It could simply be, you know, I want to, you know, travel to X place. It could simply be, I want to call the girl. I want to date. Right.、Mm-hmm. Really start to listen to the inner languages you're telling yourselves, and read the book and learn those. Positive supporting languages they told themselves, and because I think this is the very important key in our lives at the juncture of character-defining moments. That's what Steven Spielberg would say in the movies.、Mm. There is character-defining moments in movies. It's usually an unusual event, usually a big life decisions the character had to face. That is the character-defining moment. And in our lives, we always do have we have that, and it is that moment, the inner languages we used in talking to ourselves, which shape our response and the decisions and the reality and the life we live. Right.、Mm. So it started with that inner chatter, inner language at that pivotal point. So I wanted them to disclose those pivotal points, especially the hardships, especially the dark days.、Mm-hmm. Because people would assume they're successful because they haven't had their, you know, shares of hardships, right?、Mm. And it's not true. So I wanted to invite them because they have specific stories. They have their hardships. For example, so starting from the left, Darren, right, the、yeah. the riverbank、yeah. <laughs> guy who got ambushed、yeah. in Geelong. He grew up in the fisherman's wharf in Geelong. Poorly,、uh, he had to burn wood to to stay warm to cook. And his childhood was with his grandmother, and he was like age three or four.、Um, he only spoke Taiwanese because he didn't go to like he didn't grow up with like Mandarin speaking friends.、Mm. And he has seen death when he was little because at the time. Um, you know, all the villages people they know when the ship goes off that it might not come back. Yeah, and they learn how to take care of each other. They share the fish, they share food, they take care for you know, look out for others. So he grew up in that environment, and he said, luckily, he has a good brain. He knows how to study. So he actually attended the top school in Taiwan, and he he used scholarship to go to the states.、Mm. So he studied in Boston,、mm-hmm. um, and then he went on to Google, and he got accepted in Google. He actually worked in Google for a little while, and he found himself unhappy because he felt that wasn't what he wanted to do. So he has this path of starting humbly and got into. To, he has an engineer mind. He's he's an engineer.、Mm-hmm. So long story short is he is very successful nowadays. His company is called Outing. So Outing. there is Outing Journey, Outing Market. So he has a good heart, and so but then he hasn't made it yet at his like thirties. So one day he was thinking maybe selling milk on his website, and his wife would joke. At him and say, "I will just go to Seven Eleven buy milk. Why would I buy milk from you know your site and wait, right?" But then、um, there was this、um, scandal, like you know some some milk issue, ting、um, ting scandal, yeah. yeah, years yeah. ago,、mm-hmm. and he's his、um, orders got you know <laughs> skyrocketed,、wow. and、mm. yeah, he was writing invoices with his cramped hand. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so his story is about staying firm about what he believes to be right. But he had a lot to share how he started, you know, in Silicon Valley, in the States, and now he finally got outing on track. And the most recent 
one thing I want to share about him is his company was eligible for Nasdaq last year, and he actually got the offer. It was three hundred million, like three hundred fifty million, and he rejected it. He, <laughs> wow. not a lot of people I know on <laughs> earth. <laughs> Has the gut or the, and that's not just one decision. He has like multiple story in the book,、uh, sharing about he said no to SoftBank,、mm. <laughs> to the people you would beg to invest in you, right? And he just felt this incongruence in certain part of the deal or certain part of the person.、Mm. He would sleep upon it, and he would say no and go back to sleep. <laughs> wow.、Uh, yeah, and he's so down to earth.、Mm. Um, so yeah, that's Darren. Okay. And Andre, <laughs> everybody、mm-hmm. knows him is the Michelin chef.、Um, yep. Raw. Raw. His story is unique in a way where he is unlike many others. Doesn't know what to do in life. He, for some reason, knows that he wants to be a chef.、Uh, at age fifteen, he went to France and you know and was. Working in you know three star Michelin restaurant, worked for ten years, and then open restaurant Andre、mm-hmm. in Singapore. Singapore, yep. And then at the peak, he closed it,、mm-hmm. came back. The lesson from him is the simplistic thinking in a complex world. When I met him for the event that I mentioned,、uh, we did meet once before I invited him to join the book in Elan. Yeah,、mm. we, we weren't close at all. It was just like you know meeting. I knew he was deeply spiritual. I don't know if he knows that for himself because. You know, being a big man as a chef, everything has to be in order. I don't know if he has any spiritual practice, but just by meeting him, I know he has deep wisdom as a human being. That's why I picked him, and I was right. Every interview, like, cause we co-write together, right? I would just I would plan for the questions, and we would talk, and then usually through Google Meet, cause it was in the midst of、uh, COVID. And he would pause, and he would answer like question, right? He would just take two sentences and answer, and then pause, and then nothing, and then you would think, and then you go, okay, that answer everything. He doesn't go on and on. Keeps it simple. That's right. So his portion is the words were much. Fewer, much less, but, yeah. yeah, but so much wisdom in, in his story,、mm. yeah. And and Sean,、um, he's well known in Taiwan,、mm. the the son of a very famous author called、uh, Liu Yong.、Mm-hmm. Uh, Liu Yong, his writings, his thing was part of our educational Mandarin reading,、mm. mandatory. So everybody knows his dad, and he went to Harvard. Psychology.、Um, so his story offered uniquely about how a very methodical, highly educated man, everything about science and academia, talk about death and spirits. I think that's special because we are raised in the Western world of only believe what's in science, what's proven. But I think that's ne- that needs to be opened up. A little bit because science is still catching up a lot of things. So before the science said no, even you see the medical discoveries, the science may say that's good for X, but later found out it's wrong. Right? They、mm-hmm. can still be revamped,、right. even though it could be proven right this year. It may be not right next year. So one thing I always keep myself becoming aware is open mind. Open minds to the things, even though I know to be true today, but it can be wrong the next day.、Mm. Yeah. So. For him to be open and talk about the Tibetan Book of Death, 
Mm. One day we were, um, you know, FaceTime during COVID. I had just returned from Vancouver. It was like four years ago. Mm. I was like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just reading this Tibetan book of death. And he's like, oh, I have one copy too. So we took a picture of us together in front of the screen with oh, that book. Oh, that's amazing. And that, I was so happy to know that he has that open mind because we have this impression spiritual talks goes for the women more. The men's aren't as open, but I think it's just a matter of language. For him to be open, I think it opens up the language for the hard logical men to be more open to, to that part because I think that's helpful to live a more balanced life. And he offered that in his story. Hmm. Yeah. And Janet, you know, whatever she said, adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has this positive vibe, but she actually disclosed a very vulnerable part of her where she had to, um, she got this disconnection to food because of the modeling that she was in. Mm. Uh, she grew up in the States, as people know, and, you know, in the States, you look good at X, you know, a weight, right? But in, right. in Asia, you just have to be so skinny and pale, right? And, and bony, right? She had to go through that and she lost connection to food. So she was describing holding the chocolate and because he had to go to the, the doctor, um, the counselor said you have to reconnect to food. And she, she was saying she looked at the, the chocolate. She felt that, oh, that's like another hour of running. I better get a 95% dark chocolate than you know, 60%. Like she was mm. her story touched many people so so far this book i have received many feedbacks a lot of it was about janet's story because people didn't know that part of right. her it could, you just not possibly know that because she has such a positive vibe right. and healthy and balanced because she started from the tlc right so she was you know anchoring and hosting uh you know a walking in nature and saying mm -hmm. hi i've been very friendly people don't know you know that part the of her side. yeah the dark right. yeah so she's actually still dealing with it but mm. she has a better relationship with that i think it's so important because so when we are in a condition that we don't want to reveal to others we feel alone Mm -hmm. And she disclosing it allows us people to get help, to not feel alone because she has it too. I think that commonality really empower people. So, so that was, this book is the first time she ever disclosed that information publicly. Uh, not in this in-depth. Uh, okay. she, once she actually recorded a YouTube, she mm. was crying in front of the camera. At the time, she was just journalizing it because she usually go for her sister to uh, to talk. And she, she was describing at the time her sister didn't pick up the call. So she was like, you know, it's sort of uh, self-healing uh, to journalize what's going on. So she was journalizing it. And then she just felt that maybe, because she has had that for a while. So she thought maybe it would help others. Mm. So just, you know, that second she published that video. Mm. And then after that, her agent actually received quite a bit of people coming and say, how do you, <laughs> I have this too. How mm. do you, how do you function? I think the name is called bulimia. Yeah, yeah exactly. Bulimia. Yeah. Yeah. Binging um, and purging. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so she was describing she didn't want to puke because if she throw it out, that's bulimia. Right. And she knows the definition. Right. So she was so the disclosure of the story was that detail in the book. 
Wow. Yeah, the inner language was pretty naked. And right. I remember at the time I was like, you know, we were chatting. I was looking at her. I'm like, are you sure you want to put that in? Right. There were multiple times I wasn't sure if that's what she wanted to like to, yeah. in, in that depth of disclosure. Right. Right. You're like holding the toilet and kneeling down and, you know, puking it out. Right. Like, <laughs> for, a, you know, A-list, you know, star in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love that about her. She is as real as you can imagine. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like there's really a lot of interesting stories that you can <laughs> glean from that book. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you can't read Chinese, you can buy the book. Right, exactly. <laughs> Gift can, it to others. Can, yeah, and you can yeah. learn Chinese. You can yeah, that's study. right. Yeah. You can use it as a study. We guide. have this color page of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. Yep. So after this experience, is there another book coming? I don't know. I, I actually think that there is a possibility, but I, I think my next thing is the podcast. Mm. So I have this 10 million souls podcast mm -hmm. season one, and we're featuring the stories in the book. So the five authors will be back, including me mm. and five additional other people mm. who I really wanted to come to invite them to come to the show. Okay. And one secret guest who is John Butcher, he, he'll be invited nice. on, on my show. Um, so the first season is about life, but the podcast is about life, love, earth, and spirit. Life, love, earth, and spirit. Yes. Okay. So sort of in sequence, how I can announce it, because life is the most practical, the most relatable mm. to most people. In terms of love and earth, uh, it's more specific. Um, not a lot of people have relationship with the earth. They feel disconnection or they just think it's there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let alone spirit, right? So in sequence, I my ultimate goal is to raise consciousness of the Chinese culture mm. to understand more about our lives, more about that we're spirit who are eternal. Uh, we have to have a better understanding of the succession uh, and who we are as an eternal spirit in order to live sustainably, mm -hmm. in order to live responsibly and to love each other more and to shred out the conditions that, you know, that we are, because, you know, conditions are there, educations, political and everything, right? I once joked that for the, uh, the wars to stop, it has to come with an alien. People then will unite. Right, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you have a common, common enemy. Common enemy. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, like, you know, it just never stops. But I think that the power is within each one of us. And one thing that touched me the most is the Gandhi's word, um, be the change mm -hmm. you wish to, to see, see in, in the, the world. world right. Mm -hmm. So of all the things or the next book or the podcast would evolve around this, mm. I would try every angle to help people understand that we don't have just this one life. There is many other aspects of us. And to really experience that, not just learning by understanding the words, but putting into the practice of go inner, right? One of the theme about Sean's story is go inner. Because hmm. one question I will ask the four of them is, what do you think is the meaning of the life mm -hmm. between life and death? Right? Right. They're like, oh, that's a big question. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 
what is the meaning, right?、Mm. We're here for I don't know X years. We don't know when, but it will end.、Mm-hmm. It will end. It's、mm-hmm. kind of like going to shopping. If we don't know why we are shopping in a grocery store, then why are you there? Right. Wandering the aisles. I know. <laughs> Isn't that like life? You just、right. wander around. You see the shiny see object. Detergent and yeah, potato chips. A, a, a new can of something. Banana. Exactly. That's life.、Mm-hmm. If you don't really think about that, your life will get wandered off, and、mm. you you wonder why. <laughs> At the end of the day, you're on the deathbed. You're like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> Why am I in the grocery store? Why am I a human? Why am I here? So I think it's a very essential question、mm-hmm. for each one of us to live a meaningful life is to figure out why you're here、mm. and who are you. So what have you discovered so far, thus far on your spiritual journey? We kind of alluded to it that you know December of 2016 is when you kind of started to open your mind and body and soul to this, and up until now, what are some of the Big things that you know you have encountered or discovered along this journey.、Mm, yeah, I think the final words I can share is: we are here as a human being. The body is the avatar, is the movie avatar. The,、mm, you know, it's blue. It's blue, and ours <laughs> is yellow, white,、right. <laughs> yes. or brown. The body is the biology that allow us to have sensories. Allow our consciousness, the awareness, to feel the sensories of certain vibrations. So we can only see a, a very a little spectrum of light reflecting back from the surface and go to our retina. Right? We can only hear a very specific wavelength through our ears. We can only taste and smell very specific chemicals at our tongue. Right? So if you really Understand the biology of the body, the avatar. We understand that this is just to give us the feedback of the environment. Okay, then we ask why are we having these feedbacks, right? It is to allow us to understand who we are. Because if there is only one, we need other people. We need the environment to give us the feedback. And why is that? Because that's how we learn about ourselves. So in lives, we would collect. All kinds of emotions and experiences. For people who got stuck in the bad experiences, that's too bad because we all have bad experiences, and that's just part of us. Our real reason is here is to experience them without getting stuck. And so that's just fly to our end of our lives. Let's say we have this time machine. We're all like closing our eyes and feel okay. Now is the end. Do I want to have a life? I have a choice. Do I want a life without those hard experiences, right? Or、mm-hmm. do I want a life of you know having them?、Mm-hmm. And we will say, you know, it's good. It's good to have them because that enriches. That's truly the meaning of our lives, right? It、mm. enriched us. It doesn't matter. It was like highly happiness or high sadness. All those peaks were the emotional notes, the special playback that people say、mm. was those moments. And so I think. That's something I want to leave the audience with: is is to be easy, to be yourself, to express who you truly are, to do what you truly want to do, to not have any regrets. It's okay to make mistakes. Nobody cares.、Mm-hmm. Only you do. Maybe your parents do, but they don't really care. Right. It's just hurting their ego when you make mistakes. Right. 
and their ego dies with them too.、Mm-hmm. So right now, if people were to ask me what are the things I'm still learning, I would say I was still trying to each day I would try to let go of that part of me, the ego part, and I still do daily practice to synchronize my mind and myself to the higher part of me, which is acting out of love.、Mm. So. Acting out of love is the theme of my story in the book. That's beautiful. I feel the love. <laughs> <laughs> Great! It's coming across in waves right now. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully, everyone listening can also feel that. I think they can through your story. And hopefully, if they read the book and listen to the podcast as well, they will be able to understand it more deeply as well. Great. Yeah. So, where before we go, where can they find this information? Where do you think is the best place for them to find this? Yeah, ten million souls. cc. Okay. So, million is the the letter M. Ten m souls. cc. Yeah. That's where you can find cc and all of these <laughs> That's things. That's right. Because there's still so much to talk about, but. We do have to go, unfortunately, but hopefully we'll be able to continue this either on the air again or off the air. So, awesome!、But、I really appreciate you coming in here and sharing all of those stories and opening your heart to us and allowing us to hear these stories. I think it's really valuable, and hopefully, it'll be very valuable to someone out there, right? Yeah, someone and、so、everyone、too. out there.、Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this part <laughs> to、exactly. the end. Thank you. Yeah, beautiful. All right, so we wish you all the best and enjoy those moments, right? Yes, while we have them. Yes. All right. So, everyone, thank you very much. Peace. <laughs>